0: The American Council of the Blind presents ACB Reports, a monthly news magazine containing topics of interest to people who are blind or have low vision. I'm Mike Duke. This month, some unfinished business with Lynn Cooper, plus a look at the logistics and the plans for the 46th Annual Convention of the American Council of the Blind, coming up on ACB Reports for June 2007. In an earlier edition of ACB Reports, Lynn Cooper began a discussion of plus-size clothing. This month, here's plus sizes for men.
1: It may be counterintuitive, fellas, but bigger and baggier does not make you look better. Instead, too much thick fabric and layers and what have you add mass versus Camouflaging, what we wish to camouflage. To begin with, blazers, essentially the sport coats. Every man should have at least one. Good idea to be dark. Dark navy is best. You compare it with gray, khaki, what have you. Good quality and, as I said, in a dark color. A key, Mike, is to avoid double-breasted in general, unless you have a lot of suits and you want one for going out nightclubbing or going out to dinner. Avoid double-breasted if possible, because where the fabric comes over, hence the word double-breasted, it will make your torso look even wider. That's where the eye goes. Single-breasted is great with two buttons, of course, just buttoning one button, or actually a more modern look with three buttons. And if you can button them and elongate the torso. That's not a bad idea, but that is more fashion-forward. And always, always, gentlemen, use a tailor to ensure a proper fit. Once again, the eye of your observer, be it the interviewer, your potential date, your friend, your acquaintance, whatever, their eyes are going to go and focus on those things that are amiss. So you might have the rest of your outfit going on, and if something is not fitting and is obviously so, That will send a red flag up in their mind. We don't want that. Jackets and shirts. Pinstripes are great. They help give the body a more sleek look because the eye is going up and down. That is in suits as well as shirts. And in shirts, for heavier fellas, a thinner fabric, a thin, nice, beautiful quality cotton is great. Try to avoid thicker uh, cotton such as a Pinpoint Oxford. I know we've referred to those as being great for casual wear. But for a heavier fella, a thin Egyptian cotton or a good quality cotton shirt in a medium to a darker color, such as a blue or what have you, is really nice. Stay away from your light pastels and also your really thick cottons. Also, chunky wools and large check patterns, probably a no-no. You can keep a pattern in your jacket or your shirt, but try not to get too wild and woolly. It's an optical illusion. It will increase the size of what you are wearing. And, you know, if you want to whoop it up, Mike, with some accent or or whoop it up with patterns or what have you, do that with a tie or a pocket square. In shirts and sweaters, as I mentioned, avoid shirts that are both too snug or too loose. And once again, thin cotton is great, a good high-quality thin cotton shirt. Avoid bulky sweaters, which, as you can imagine, add pounds. And the same for men as women, although men, you will probably be wearing this over a shirt, opt for thin wool v-necks, thin wool or cotton v-necks in a light cotton um, blend or a merino. That's M-E-R-I-N-O, which is a good quality thin knit wool. That is going to give that look of thinness and it's going to draw attention to your face where you want it. Crew necks will accentuate, once again, the roundness of one's neck and face. And slacks, finally. Avoid tight and baggy pants. Now, that may seem like an obvious, but not many of us want to accept the fact that we may need to go up in size, and we don't often understand either that by wearing something too baggy, It's also a distraction visually, so try to be sized accurately. Once again, use alterations whenever you need. And gentlemen, once again, no pleats, please. They add bulk and weight visually. And not only that, but currently are truly not in fashion probably not in fashion. They might be in some more high-end fashion-driven looks, but for the most part, not currently. Another way to elongate the leg and to make one look slimmer is to avoid cuffs on pants. They cut the eye off at an angle. Now, unless one has very long legs, Mike, Or is in a very conservative environment, such as banking or some financial institutions where there's a real sort of a British uh, conservative look going on for your corporate uh, day wear, try to stay away from the cuffs on pants. So when you have your pants finished, they should break on the front of your shoe and slope a little bit to the back, and that will be known by your tailor, but try to avoid cuffs. And if one's belly is obvious and it's sticking out, consider suspenders, otherwise known as braces. Those would avoid attention being drawn to the belt line and also avoid that... uh, Problem where the belly hangs over the belt, and then one is constantly distracted by having to push it up or pull it up. Rather, remember when we wear suspenders, gentlemen, we sew the buttons. Our dry cleaners can do this. The alterations at the store we bought the slacks have the buttons for the suspenders sewn in because the Braces should not be like little kids' yarn mitten keepers, as I remember, where we had little metal clasps. Those are not proper suspenders. Those will absolutely not work for business. They're just little kids' wear. So we want to make sure that we have buttons inside of our waistband for the suspenders, if that's the option. And we can get them at just about any store. You can get them in fabric, in leather, woven for more casual, but that that's a way to go. And then colors, as always, darker, is more powerful, and is more slimming. So if possible, keep monochromatic to avoid being cut, essentially, visually, because wherever the two colors separate is where the eye will go. And essentially, in closing, Mike, for men and women of all sizes, the best foundation for clothing, to me, is a healthy glow from eating well and moving, exercise, just uh, moving what you have, and remember, change what you can and love the rest.
0: That was Lynn Cooper of Lynn Cooper & Associates, Chicago. Lynn Cooper developed the Mirrors Project as part of her personal and professional effort to make the world accessible to all people and to offer positive reflections to people of all abilities. These personal image segments heard on ACB reports are an ongoing part of the Mirrors project. Lynn has established an email address through which to receive your feedback, comments, and suggestions regarding these personal image segments. That address is mirrors1usa at yahoo.com. That's M I R R O R S 1 USA at yahoo.com. From the American Council of the Blind, you're listening to ACB Reports. Regular listeners to ACB Reports know that lots of the material for these broadcasts is drawn from the annual convention of the American Council of the Blind. Well, it's time for that annual event again. Marlena Lieberg of ACB Radio interviewed Carla Rushevel, ACB convention coordinator, To learn more about the convention, here's an edited portion of that broadcast.
2: What's coming up in Minneapolis?
3: I think most people know that the official dates are June 30 to July 7, but actually the first things get underway June 29 in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And the headquarter hotel is the Hyatt Regency at 1300 Nicolette Mall, And it will hold two-thirds of the rooms that are booked for the convention. And then right across the street at the Millennium Hotel, 1313 Nicolette Mall, is the Overflow Hotel. It is going to be more like a second part of the whole convention because there will be activities in the Millennium, and it is joined on the second level to the Hyatt in the Skywalk system. It's a very short, uh, easy crossing of the street, and actually, some of the people on the lower floors in the Millennium will be a little bit closer to some of the first floor activities in the Hyatt than will the people on the 24th floor of the Hyatt. (laughs) In the Hyatt, on the first floor in their conference area, will be the general session in the ballroom. The exhibit hall will be literally right across the side hallway from the ballroom. And registration will be, at least the plan is now, that it will be in this large pre-function area out in front of the ballroom. So everything will be very centralized on the first level as far as general session registration, uh, the information desk and exhibits, breakout rooms for the special interest groups and all the focus groups and all of the activities that we have going on from noon all the way through until who knows when will be in three locations. They will be on the second floor of the Hyatt, the Hyatt also has meeting rooms on the fifth floor, and then there are meeting rooms at the Millennium, and we will use every inch of space. There's a pool at each hotel. Each hotel has good eating facilities, so there's going to be a lot of good choices, and the neat thing is These hotels are located in downtown Minneapolis. We are just an easy walk from virtually any kind of store you would want to find up and down Nicolette Mall. Lots of restaurants. I can't name them all. But I tell you, wherever I've gone to eat, it's been good. It's not a difficult street to cross. And on the second floor, for those listeners who have been to the Gold House in Louisville, you'll remember how the Gold House has a pedway that joins the west and the east section. And this is almost like that. The walk between the two hotels is so short that it's virtually as if they were practically one hotel it's not exactly like it was one management but as far as meeting space and so on they're just right there right across the street from each other
2: what is the sleeping room availability at this point
3: the hyatt is full it is jam-packed of course that's good because that means that we have a good group this appears as if this is going to be a very well-attended convention So people need to get their reservations into the Millennium as quickly as possible. The rates at the Millennium are 84 for single-double and 94 triple-quad, and that does not include tax. I have asked for people if they need to cancel a room that they are currently holding at the Hyatt to please contact me instead of making that cancellation at the hotel. Now, the reason for that is that the Hyatt is going to allow us to change the names on those rooms. We'll be able to snag those rooms and to make sure that we use every single room night possible in that hotel. That's to our advantage, that's to the attendees' advantage, and we certainly want to do that. Now that doesn't mean there will be enough cancellations that everyone can call me up and say, oh, well, I'm going to wait to see if I can get a room in the Hyatt. But I would anticipate being able to get a few additional rooms that way. So
2: the best word of advice right now is to go ahead and make your reservations at the Millennium. That will guarantee you a space. If people do that, may they check with you to see if there's a. Ve- I mean, I don't want to put more on your plate than what mm-hmm. you've got. So mm-hmm. no is a perfectly acceptable answer. But
3: <laughs> oh no. People call me, and, you know, I, I certainly don't mind if people give me a call. but just need to know that I do have a list of people at this time that I am working through, and I simply could not advise that a person would wait to make a reservation. Do not wait. What number do they call to call the Millennium? The Millennium number is 800-522-8856.
2: What about coming from the airport? What's that about this year?
3: Okay. Well, you know, Marlena, there's been an awful lot of publicity about the Minneapolis airport and the taxi drivers and things. And I'm going to tell you, I really do not think we're going to have any problems. When this first all came to light back at near the beginning of the year, the Minneapolis Airport Authority And our host committee, chaired by Ken Rogers, jumped right on it and started working together because, of course, they knew this convention was coming. The hotels were interested in the outcome of what might happen. Everybody in Minneapolis was interested in resolving the issue. And really, everything appeared to be just fine. In my report at the March board meeting, I said as much. I had spoken directly with the Minneapolis Airport Authority, and there had been public hearings and so on, and everything was pretty much, you know, good to go. All of a sudden, there's some more publicity that comes out, and people are getting a little antsy. But uh, I have had conversations with taxi drivers, uh, with owners of taxi companies, as well as with um, some other representatives since that time. Ken Rogers, chair of the local host committee, has been working valiantly in this area, talking with people that are involved as well. And everyone involved is absolutely ready to make sure that we have no problems coming in from the airport. Now, let's qualify this by saying that you know full well that even if everything is perfect and there's been no advanced problem of any kind, that every once in a while, There can be a problem with a taxi driver. We all have experienced problems with taxi drivers in our own communities for whatever reason. So to expect that hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of drivers are going to have absolutely no problem is probably unrealistic. But it's not an issue that has to do with guide dogs or whatever. I think that people coming in with guide dogs from the airport are going to be pleased with the service. There is a shuttle that is uh, $15 one way from the airport and I think it's 26 round trip but there is a slight discount for round trip. That's per person. I don't happen to have that number for that with me, but I will have a little blurb in the pre-registration material about transportation. Now the taxi fare from the airport has run me around $27 or $28. Plus tip. Now obviously if there's two people coming in together, two or more, then the taxi is as good a deal or better than the shuttle. Yeah. All right, also me- we will have in the pre registration material a number that people can call to request an accessible van from the airport.
2: How many restaurants are there in each of the hotels, do
3: you know? Four or five in the Hyatt. Right off the top of my head, there is a seafood restaurant in the Hyatt, the sports bar, there's just what we would think of as a general coffee shop type restaurant. There's also one of those in the Millennium. There's a steakhouse type restaurant in the Hyatt. Um, I don't think we're going to have any problem with finding a variety of food we are also going to have the cafe. Ah, yes,
2: that was my next question.
3: The one that I'm sure we'll have will be in a section of the exhibit hall that we probably won't be using. So that would mean that it will be very, very close to the ballroom and to the exhibits and to registration.
2: Will it be another three meal a day kind of deal like we've had in the past? or
3: We are Planning to do that this year again, depending on how we work out the arrangements between the hotel and ACB.
2: Hi there, thanks for waiting. Who's this?
3: Oh, this is Juliet
1: Silvers, and uh, I'm on the host committee from Minneapolis. Hi, Juliet.
2: Hi, Juliet.
1: There's a lot of restaurants around the hotel. I mean, there are scads
3: of restaurants. Oh, yeah.
1: And uh, we're um, trying to get Braille menus for a lot of these, and and what we're thinking is that even if we can't get Braille menus, that we'll list them anyway and just let people know that um, these might not have Braille menus.
2: Will we have a directory, Juliet or Carla, of some of the nearby businesses? There'll be a
1: a directory of restaurants, and then uh, we've added, you know, a, a big liquor store, and there's a big drug store right near the hotel.
2: Are there any sort of special events or hot things that aren't necessarily tours that uh, you can tell us about at this point?
3: Well, I want to tell you about uh, something that is maybe going to return to the convention We just confirmed that we're going to have a sponsor for it, and we're going to make every effort to get it back this year, and that's the conventioneer. Humanware is going to sponsor it, and it all goes well. Why don't
2: you tell people what the
3: conventioneer
2: is who may not
3: know? Oh, yes. For those that have not been able to experience that in the last three years, the conventioneer is a computer-run telephone answering system. A person can call and they can listen to updates on what's going on at the convention as well as other announcements that are convention related. If we can get the system set up so that it will be using text files instead of someone having to just read everything in, we'll be able to update that system virtually on the drop of a hat. Wow. So it will be a very, very timely way to distribute information. And you'll be able to call that directly from a cell phone or directly from your hotel room. Probably will want to call it, though, from the cell phone if you're not in your hotel room because, of course, if you're calling from the Millennium, we still have to work out whether there would be a charge for that call. Uh, sure, because so it's outside, just in yeah, the planning yeah. stages, but we are sure mm-hmm. hoping that we can get it up and going this year. I think it will help with communication, too. Anything that we produce in Braille from a computer file, or anything that we put onto the convention ear in a computer file can also be distributed in a computer file. So what we're thinking is that we will establish a place where people can come to a computer in a specific location and bring their compact flash cards or their disks or whatever, and we will have someone there to copy, say, the daily newspaper onto their disc so it can be in their note taker. But we have a lot to work out, again, on that, like where it will be and how we will staff it. But we think it's a real doable thing, and it should help with uh, cutting down on some of the lines and some of the scrambling to grab a paper in the morning and running out of copies some days and so on. We also have sponsors for the paper this year already. We are just real pleased to have a lot of sponsors uh, already coming in
2: that's wonderful we have a call let's let's bring them on in okay. hi there you're with marlena and
3: carla who's this hi carla it's sue amateur how far are we from the mall of the americas <laughs> the mall of america is out near the airport we will be running a shuttle to the mall of america Yahoo! <laughs> on june 30. now this is a shuttle it is not a tour so therefore uh, while we will try to get as many volunteers as we can out there, this mall is absolutely enormous. Oh, There's it's giant. over 500 yes. uh. stores, four levels of stores, plus the aquarium in the basement. An amusement park. Uh, yes, it has an amusement park in it. You know, it has a NASCAR simulator. So, so yes, if we is, go on June 30th, if we get back by elections, we should be okay? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Sue, so you must be going with me. Gosh, <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> when you go on their website or go to the mall, uh, they have a coupon book that is available. You can purchase it on their website for like $12.50. On site at the mall, it's $10. They are giving us enough coupon books that everyone will have one in their convention goodie bag. Wow. wow. And this coupon book has, I think, 212 coupons we will have at the information desk some Braille and large print copies of a list. That's what they were. They're going to be giving us enough that we will be able to put one in every goodie bag as well as to use those for some other things. But I would advise people who are taking the shuttle, the shuttle is round-trip transportation, door-to-door. There will be three buses going out, four buses coming back in, but they will need to plan on taking a shopper or buddying up with somebody to shop.
2: What's going on with this auction I'm hearing about?
3: Tell us about it. Oh my goodness. That. Now you need to have Brenda on to talk about that auction because that is her thing and the auction committee you know I'd kind of like to leave that to them because they are the folks that are really working hard on it it's going to be Wednesday night there will be a preview time where you can go in and look at the Items, But they're going to have some great things there. And the proceeds for this
2: will be uh, going toward ACB, correct? Yes, ACB. Right. Will there be wireless in the meeting rooms or particularly in the main ballroom that people can use?
3: Wireless is only in the meeting rooms if we pay for wireless in the meeting rooms. Okay. Wireless in meeting rooms is $150 a day. So. Any group that wants to pay for wireless in, we'd the all room. be happy to use it. Yes. sure, you know, no problem. I want to remind people too about the host committee party, the Welcome to Minneapolis party, the first Saturday night. The host committee is going to have a wonderful strolling Dixieland band. Can you imagine? Oh my gosh! Dixieland in Minneapolis. The party will begin at eight o'clock, and they'll have lots of door prizes and. Great music and so when you're filling out your pre-registration form, just kind of remember the host committee. They work awfully hard on this convention and this is the way we can show them that we appreciate what they have done, and just take some time to enjoy what they're planning for us.
2: What about the guide dog relief areas? Um, How many of those are there, and are there alternative surfaces?
3: Doodle Scoopers is under contract to do guide dog relief. Actually, we're doing a three-year contract with Doodle Scoopers. They are the best. Sheila Byron, president of GDUI, and Lucas Frank from CNI have come up with several suggestions. There will be a relief area on the second level, very close to the GDUI suite and meeting room.
2: Just as we sort of wrap up here, is there anything that you
3: want to make sure that we know? The convention registration information should be reaching you around mid-May, be sure and look through the convention scope. It will answer many of the questions that we get asked as we get closer to convention. So read through there. You'll find lots of free events, lots of information on the tours, how to sign up, what to do. You will not find free activities on the form this year because there's just not enough room. There's so much going on that we've had to pull them off and just put them in the convention scope. So be sure and make a schedule from the scope and then go over and look at the form and purchase your tickets. You'll be able to register again online at www.acb.org and then around mid-June she should be able to get the program up there as well and we appreciate all of her hard work and help on that. The banquet this year is going to have a choice of entrees. When you purchase your ticket, be sure that you check off in the little spaces that will be under the banquet, whether you want roast sirloin, Minnesota walleye, a chicken dish, or a vegetarian dish. Wow. And the banquet price is also $3 cheaper than it was last year. Wow, way to go. I like that.
0: Marlena Lieberg is heard each Monday at 0100 Universal Time, that's Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern Time in the United States, on the ACB Radio Mainstream channel at acbradio.org. The American Council of the Blind has released a white paper stating its philosophy and concerns with the rehabilitation process in the United States. Hear more about that paper next month on ACB Reports. Contact the American Council of the Blind online at acb.org or phone 800-424-8666. Thanks for listening, and please join us again next month for another ACB Reports. Connecting
1: the blind community around the world. This is ACB Radio.